in your mouth podcast we're here it's on right now trying to experiment with some new intros i'm getting bored of the what's up everybody it's time for something so we're gonna switch it up i'm gonna invent a totally new intro something so profound something so meaningful that right away you're gonna know it's time for the podcast uh all right well before we get into the show and i do have an incredible episode and i did start it off with the whole hey welcome back everybody it's the run your mouth podcast we got a whole episode with larry sharp really good episode but starting to line up some summer dates corona's over the governor's decided we don't need to pretend like there's a virus out there anymore we already got you know trump out of office we've already got the government to print more money than's ever existed We've ruined the country, so now we can stop pretending that there's some horrible virus that's going to ruin the country because we already ruined it. That's what we were trying to do, and that's why I got Larry Sharp on because, uh, you know, he's actually knows stuff, and there's a lot of Cuomo stuff, so it's a whole governor talk, so stick around for the governor talk, but some dates coming up. Firstly, going to be at Childerberg. Dude, I am so excited for that. I pussed out last year, 100% on me. Sadly, I was in my parents' house, so I couldn't... Uh, leave amidst the coronavirus but i was so excited not only to see texas which i've never seen but to be introduced to the texas lifestyle by the good people of childerberg so make sure to come out to that that is going to be may 29th we're going to be doing a stand-up show uh that evening with a nice bonfire setting uh kyle will be with me it's going to be a good time you guys know kyle from uh, steamboat comedy and then the other one is we just booked pork fest which is going to be june 24th uh going to be doing a live part of the problem and uh also a stand-up show that was an absolute blast when we did it two years ago also had a ton of fun when i did my end of year thing up at uh one of their clubhouses of the free state project people so definitely pick up your tickets early bird special only 30 bucks and as always thank you to our sponsors we've got sheath underwear uh, most comfortable underwear you can go use promo code rym for 20 percent off yo kratom home of the 60 dollar kilo and our newest sponsor run your mouth coffee uh, where if you use promo code fire, you're going to get 10% off. And just just go do it. You all drink coffee. Just load up from them. Support free speech projects, things with the Run Your Mouth name. And now let's get into it with Larry Sharp. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast. I'm thrilled to have Larry Sharp on this week because there's so much governor talk. There's all this budget nonsense that's going on. There's some stuff that I actually really want to get the inside scoop on. And so, Larry, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I am happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, let's talk governor stuff. I'm in. All right. Well, right off the bat, you just had a big victory this week against Cuomo on behalf of uh, Stand Up New York. So let's, uh, you know, let's take a glory run here. Let's bask in the fact that we had a victory. And why don't you tell the audience about what you were able to do there? Well, no, I, I completely agree. It's it's a great thing that we did. Look. I have literally on my podcast, I try to have comics on all the time, right? I had you on, right? I try to have comics on all the time. I try to support the comics of New York City for several reasons. One, because, you know, they're getting hammered, you know, with venues being closed, right? It's killing them. And we could use some comedy to heal this city. So I'd like that to happen. Plus, culture matters, right? Culture matters to include comedy. And lastly, comics are the last bastion of anti-PC culture. Without comics, no one can say anything. Comics are the only ones who can break the PC world. So I'm a big fan. And when I saw that Donnie Zolden, the owner of Stand Up New York, when I realized, you know, he just can't open anymore. He was literally doing shows. 
God bless what he did. That yes. uh, just innovating from the beginning. Absolutely. That, that running shows, uh, firstly in the park was awesome. Then the he did park, it in the subway. The one he train, just, brother. The one train. Absolutely. He really, he really got after it. And while I, I, I used to work stand-up New York, I don't work there now. I really respect the fact that innovating, being a business owner, saying I will survive this landscape. And yep. also it looks like he's really trying to actually get involved in push opportunities and income for people who are professionally doing stand-up that were killed. So Absolutely. really bless Zolden for, you know, all of the efforts he put in. But now I want to actually hear the weeds on how you won because they've been closed yeah. forever. Well, let me and it, was just, it took one week of Larry. That's all it took. It, it took me bugging him to say, look, let's sue. That's what we got to do. That's how we did it in Western New York, right? I bugged people to sue it in Western New York. You know, people have spent a lot of time saying, Oh, where have you libertarians been for the lockdowns? We've been suing Cuomo. That's where we've been. We've been in court. You've been talking trash. We've been in court making impact. That's what we've been doing. We got a laser tag joint. Uh, got that to be free. We got pool halls, all kind of stuff. So I, we tried, We thought about grabbing the lawyers from Western New York because there's a bunch of libertarian lawyers out there who do the job. But then we thought, you know what? Let's get a local guy down here instead. So we grabbed a guy down here. Um, who is literally like the anti-lockdown lawyer. And I said, let's just do this. And Donnie finally said, yes. Sick and he did it. I announced on my show. I tagged Cuomo, of course, as I'm announcing it. And we started doing the press. We, we, went, we did, um, uh, he was on Kennedy. He was on Fox. Together, we went on the Sid and Bernie show. We were on WABC radio. We just, we got out there. And when we got out there, I think we were the final straw in them going, fine, we give. And they finally gave guidelines for any venue. It can open up basically at 33%. Now, am I happy about this? No. Am I satisfied? Yes. I am not happy because they shouldn't be locking them down at all. Right? So I didn't get my ultimate, which was no lockdown. But I still want these venues to have a chance at success. And if I got to go for all or nothing, the problem is if I personally get nothing, who cares? If they get nothing, they go under. So I'm satisfied with opening at 33% April 2nd. But to be forward, um, he caved hoping he would stop the lawsuit. We're not. And that's great. That's yes, awesome. we're holding on to it anyway because he might change his mind. But more importantly, I don't want him having the power to do this in the future. So I want I thought- to actually have a decision. I thought that that was, uh, to me, one of the tragic aspects of the Supreme Court case when the yes. churches and synagogues went up against them. Um, it, basically, the Supreme Court allowed them to reopen on a technicality and said, we don't want to actually rule on the governor's authority to do this. Yep. And I thought that that was tragic, one, because the churches have enough money that they can actually bring this lawsuit. So how is that freedom that anyone who can't afford to bring a lawsuit can't yes. like that. And then also I've said this before. I do think that we need to institute some sort of a clawback for being deprived of your freedom. That if a governor decides, you know, you're not allowed outdoors. And then it turns out he didn't have that freedom. It shouldn't just be like, Oh, shucks. I was wrong. It's like, no, you took something from people. There should be some sort of a penalty for doing so. I don't want to say penalties. That sounds bad. I want some kind of reimbursement. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. That's, that sounds nicer. I like the way that sounds nicer. Get reimbursements. No, I thought that, that, that to me, good. it's as clear as if I put up, and I, I've talked about this on the show before, but if I put up a gate that someone can't access your business, and then, you know, by a week later, the cops figure out who put up the gate, they take it down. 
I'm going to get a bill for all of the missed business that you had. That is clear as day. I prevented your business. Government should be no different. If they thought yep. that they had the authority to do something and it turns out to be wrong, then absolutely. The problem is it's the taxpayers that end up paying for it. So no one's really winning there. Uh, but, you know, at the <laughs> at the end of the day, well, I guess, yes. You can always fall back to the idea that I had for police force, right? Have individual cops have their own liability insurance. So have politicians have their own liability insurance. Oh, and then also the more you mess up, the more expensive your particular um, insurance policy is going to be, which might actually prohibit you from then doing those jobs anymore, which is that's actually a pretty uh, market solution to kind of forcing people to act a little bit more intelligently. That, that's a really good idea. I like that one. Crazy how Larry Sharp always has a plan for stuff. <laughs> I know, nuts, but he tends to have that. He does. And he's super cool when he talks in third person like this. That makes him cooler. <laughs> so, well, yes. He had a quick and swift victory against Cuomo in terms of getting the clubs reopened. Cuomo's yep. having a rough year here. Well, it's... we have another one coming. Okay. We have another one coming. We're now trying to get the, the nightlife. Right now, the nightlife venues have to close before 11 p.m. So we're doing another lawsuit. Anybody who cares if you happen to have a nightlife uh, club that you know you want to step open till two or four four a.m. in the morning, if you want to do that, you can absolutely just um, if you would send an email to pr at sharpway, pr at sharpway, and let me know, and I'll get you to the right guy. We have another another lawyer we want to use. We'll push this right through. That's great. And by I'm hoping for another Larry Sharp run. So this is going to be able, you're really going to be able to come front and forward and say, Hey, I tried to fight for your businesses against uh, Cuomo. So I think that this is a, firstly, I think you're doing something really good for people, but I also think it's going to make for a great strategy, which brings me to my next question. Cuomo's having a rough year here. He is. It started off with the uh, nursing home scandal and now it's moved into um, the sexual harassment claims. Yep. Before we get into the specifics of both, just big picture, do you think he's going to survive this? Yes, absolutely. I have no doubt. Um, I could be wrong. I shouldn't say I have no doubt. That's, that's, that's hyperbole. I am, he is a savvy, ruthless politician. And I talked about his apology, um, um, you know, that he did in his press conference, his news, news conference. He prefaced, he didn't start with the apology. Right, he didn't. He acted like there was something wrong and did other things. And one of the things he did was, if, if you were paying attention, I don't know if you were or not, but I was paying close attention to it. And if you want to, I, I literally did a uh, reaction video uh, last Tuesday on it, if you want to check it out, last Wednesday. If you want to check it out, last Wednesday, I did a reaction video on it. And he literally talked about his connection to Biden and how Biden's going to be giving us this money so that we can help, you know, fix our, our economy and, and get all set up. And why did he do that? He did that to say, I got the Biden bucks. Screw me over, you don't get any. That was a veiled threat. And he did it purposefully before he actually said his sorry thing. So he first basically said, I got the cash, guys. Keep messing around. You don't get any. And you know you need it. And you know I will punish you because that's who I am. While I, while I do think I'm a god, I'm also a violent god. <laughs> so I am both. So I think they absolutely they know that he was threatening them. In addition... The things he was saying, he was talking about things like, um, he was talking about safety, public safety. But his public safety thing he talked about wasn't about like, you know, cracked uh, sidewalks or hazardous material or open sewage. It was police reform. That's how he talks about public safety. Police reform is public safety. That's code word to the far left part of the party. 
saying not only do I have Biden, the establishment, in my pocket, but also I'm giving you something far left. Leave me alone. Then he said he was sorry. So you think his bribe to the people that would have the power to take him down Correct. might might just work. So let's take a look at the uh, specifics on the nursing home scandal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, in my opinion, I think part of uh, if you look at the chess pieces that got kind of the country to shut down and panic over COVID, part of it was the death rates in New York City, yep. which at the time, a lot of us were saying, hey, this is because of the nursing home deaths. And that really... Kind of got pushed no, no, away. No, no, no. I think I think what happened at that point is we all thought it was the hospitals in Queens. Remember? No, from what I remember, and maybe I'm being too charitable to my own analysis or what <laughs> the things that I read, but I seem to recall that people were pointing out that most of the deaths were coming from the old age homes. Only the people who were anti-lockdown. Right. Which was the minority then. Right. And, but yes. it turned out that that claim, which at the time was conspiracy talk or just mm-hmm. anti-lockdown talk has turned out to be totally, totally absolutely. 100% accurate. Yes, absolutely um, true. Yep. And it's not like we're unlocking down the country or it's another incident where the anti-lockdown people were correct. Um, and it seems like what Cuomo did, firstly, definitely resulted in the deaths of uh, old people that would not- Thousands. Yes. So why don't you actually tell us some of the specifics of just how bad of a scandal it was and, you know, how much death he's responsible for? Well, it's so bad that there are a group of people who actually believe that the harassment charges are actually distraction. Ooh, interesting. Yes, that's how bad this the the the, the deaths is. They're like, we'd rather him <laughs> be attacked by harassment because he'll survive that. He may not survive this nursing home thing. So let's not do an investigation into nursing homes. Let's do an investigation into harassment charges, because then we can he can get out of this. He can he'll get beat up a little bit, but he'll get he'll get over it. There'll be some kind of fake challenge to him next year when he runs, right? And he'll beat the challenge, and he'll be our governor again. We can we can keep our Lord and Master, right? We can keep him. So I'm not saying that's true. I don't know if that's true. I said that basically to 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 be with your point to say that this really is a serious thing. The nursing home piece is a serious thing. And the reason is the cover-up. The actual mistake is bad, but you know this, the cover-up's always worse, right? I'm a father. I tell my daughters, never lie to me. It always makes it worse. Whatever you did, just come clean. It'll, it'll, it might be bad, but it'll be worse if you lie. And that's what, your parents tell our kids and we're right. And Cuomo did the same thing. It was bad. And he lied. And here's the reason because Cuomo immediately went to what he knows, which is violence. He went into law control, do it. And once you move into violence, it's very hard to back out of that. Right. If I, once I kick in your door, Robbie, you know, I got to double down. Right. I mean, I kick the door in, I got to double down at that point. Right. I, I can't go. Ooh, sorry. I got to cuff you, man. It doesn't matter if it's the wrong door. And that's when a cop's kicking the door, you're getting cuffed and they're searching your house. It doesn't matter if it's the wrong house. They're doing it. They they kicked the door in already. And this is what happened with Cuomo. He went violent. He went shut down. He went all these things. So he had to double down because if he didn't, he had to go back and go, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. And the example is schools. We're still dealing with whether we should open schools or not. No one, and I mean no one, is saying that schools are super spreaders. The data is in. They are not super spreaders. 
The kids hardly get it at all. They hardly transmit it at all. If they get it, they're almost never dealt with. They don't even transmit it. It's a fact. It's not a super spreader at all. Yet we're still like, we got to see if we could open. And why? Because you shut them down. And when you shut them down, you crush the whole bunch of families. So to your point, you got to cover your own ass. You got to cover your own ass. Yes. And the, the other thing that I think is important just to put into this picture of Cuomo needing to cover his own ass is that um, financially, New York is not stable. Like We no. run a giant deficit, and this year has been a really bad be- deficit. And part of the game that these blue cities have been playing is that they're trying to pretend like if it wasn't for COVID, we would have been financially solvent. Absolutely. And so we just need the feds to come in with the bailout. Um, so in that regard, Cuomo had a perverse incentive to make this as bad as he could or make it look as bad as he could to try and actually get this federal bailout which lucky for him, Biden has come into office. And from what I understand in the 1.9 trillion plan, and maybe you can tell us more of the specifics of just how much New York is getting its bailout. But from what I understand, the, uh, I guess, salvage federal money to blue states is now in there. Yes. And it's uh, for the the whole, I think all of the states are getting something like 400 billion total. I think something like that. I think 400 billion of it goes to, to states. And the issue is, this is this is the most this shows how broken our government is. They want to fund the government. Because they think if we fund the government, then the people can work. Not realizing that if we just fund the people and then they work, they then pay the taxes which funds the government. You might have lost me there. Okay, they want to give money to the government to run the government. Right? Instead of helping out the people so they could work and pay taxes, which would fund the government. Right. I got you. I, right? I, I yeah, yeah, I get They're it. So concerned about government that they just want to fund government. They don't care if the rest of us starve. Literally, if you look at Cuomo, when he talks about all the essential personnel, every one of them that he mentioned by name was a government employee. Nobody else is essential in his mind. Only government matters. That's where his head is. We got to fund the government. Why don't you fund the people so that uh, release the people, let them work so they can pay taxes and fund the government? It's backward. But that's right, like if you looked at a super simple example of, let's just say people in my city were, were starving. They had no food. Yep. And so you go, all right, well, we're going to give all the money to the grocery store. Well, <laughs> yes. why don't you give the money to the people so that they can go buy the food? The issue is not that there wasn't a grocery store. Yes. The issue is that people didn't have money to go purchase it. So it's the same thing there with the with the government is that if we all had money, then I guess potentially we could give enough for government to operate or at least offer services to some extent. Yes. All right. Point made. Yes. And that's and this is how backward we are. Right. My whole point is a little bit off topic, but my whole point of any of these stimulus packages is they should be simple. If we, I don't want to bail anybody out, of course I don't, but I know we're going to. So let me just be real. We're going to bail people out. I got it. So if we're going to do that, let's do one of two things. Is this a stimulus package or is this a help people out package? Which one is it? If it's a stimulus package, who cares? Write everybody a check. I don't care if they're rich or poor. I don't care where they come from. It's a stimulus. Take the money and spend it so we can stimulate. That's the goal of this thing. Don't give it to cronies. Don't break it up. And some goes to government. Some goes to my friends. No. How much, how many people we have? Uh, whatever, 100 million households? Great, everybody gets 5,000 5, bucks. The bill's 5 trillion, or five, was it 5 billion? Whatever that number is. That's the number, take the take the money, done. 
right? That's just what you do, but we're not. Or is it a, I got, you know, I'm going to help people package, whatever it is. Great. Then who are the poor people? Give them money and move on. This whole idea of, of, of bailing out crony, cronies, putting money into government, it makes the bailout worse. I already don't like the bailout. Now you've made it even worse. It's like a crap sandwich with <laughs> more crap on it. Like, I've already got a crap sandwich. You don't got to add crap on top, right? It's just a crap sandwich. It's bad all right. So anyway, let's... Sorry. You got me all fired up. Right? <laughs> fired up. So let's talk about the uh, sexual harassment claims for a second. Yep. Um, now, I, I was thinking about that. You look at the court of public opinion. And yeah. it, I, I see it from two different perspectives. One is I kind of look at the world through a judge lest you be judged eyes. 100%. Um, that is That comes from my religious background that we were somewhat taught. If you're judgmental, God's going to be judgmental towards you. And I just feel like I, we've all made mistakes in our life. It's not for me to judge other people. Right. But then the, the other side of that is sometimes people are so powerful that the system doesn't actually correct for things that are supposed to be corrected. And so the court of public opinion is almost a free marketplace where people can show, like we can bypass the court, which is corrupt and go, Hey, look, court of public opinion. Here's this horrible thing that happens. You kind of have these two different values that are competing of now. What's interesting about the Cuomo case, in my opinion, it's like, if things are criminal, right. Then I like, I'd rather the guy go down for something that's actually criminal. Yes. When, when I look at these sexual harassment claims, while I, obviously no one should have to deal with sexual harassment in, in, in no capacity, but when I actually look at these claims, I've had bad jobs and I've had bosses that are jerks. And to me, this falls more into the category of a dude that's a jerk than it does someone saying like sexual harassment well, should be. Let me, let me yes. touch a couple of these if I could. The first thing is I, I want to quickly go back. I got all way off topic because I got all fired up. I want to <laughs> just quickly deal with the, the nursing home. The issue, what happened was it was misreported. And when people thought it was misreported, he refused to give them real numbers. That's the issue. So our assembly actually did something in New York State. They almost never do, but actually did something. And they said, hey, wait a minute. This looks fishy. Let's see the numbers. And he blew them off. And his words were, we paused that. That's his words. And I thought to myself, oh, so if the government asks me for stuff, I can just pause it? That's amazing. I'm going to pause my taxes for 30 years. How about that? That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to pay him. I'm just pausing them. Yeah, that's his words. So he paused it. That's the biggest issue. He didn't actually give what he wanted. And then his, um, his uh, assistant or a staff member, by mistake, said, yeah, we paused it because we were scared. <laughs> she said that and people she actually heard said that. i didn't i didn't want a federal investigation That's so we exactly lied about right. the numbers crazy so if he had just given them the numbers this wouldn't have been that big of a deal but he didn't because he knew it was a problem and that's the issue. That is the crux of it, is that he then didn't give the data he was supposed to give, and it had to come out in an investigation by Latisha James, our AG. If that if it didn't come out there, and if he just given it, this is not that big of a scandal. He'd have got past it. He would have got past it. But it's always a cover-up, and that's going to get him right there. That's the hardest part. And But here's the other part. Other people also knew and didn't say anything. So my concern about and why I think it might there might be some distraction here is he can probably take a lot of people down for the nursing home. Because if you noticed, he blamed everybody. 
He blamed staff. He blamed nursing home um, directors who he said shouldn't have taken them in. He said they lied. He blamed the federal government guidelines. He literally, not making this up, literally blamed God. He blamed, I'm not making it up. He blamed God. He blamed everybody from the, I'm, again, I'm not making this up. The delivery guy who delivers stuff to the nursing home, he blamed him. From him to God and everyone in between except himself. So I think that is an issue to where other people are worried that if we take him down for the nursing home, a lot of people go down with him. If we take him down for the harassment, it's only him. Oh, because it, it it's not a uh, – that's fascinating. Yes. Because if it's a government cover-up, right, which is him and the government and a bunch of people that covered up, it shows that – um. You know, the word that they love to use to show race systemically, you have an issue in government of cover ups and lying about the numbers and, you know, using things to fulfill their agenda. Absolutely. So if Cuomo needs to go away, it's a lot easier to say this guy is an individual's rotten. It's got nothing to do with budgets or government. It has to do with his uh, his uh, hitting on his staff. And so it's a much easier way to get rid of him, which goes back to what I'm trying to say is it's actually what I don't like about this because if there's something criminal, let's get rid of people for criminal behavior because then we actually clean up government if we get rid of people. So it's funny because I didn't put you, you put it together in a more sophisticated way. I was just looking at it from, I know I don't want to get rid of him for these reasons. And then you're actually that you're saying, no, I think specifically that's why they're trying to do it. Correct. Yes. So, but let me now go to the other piece. And I'm, I want to be clear on this. He said things like, it's bad if they're offended, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be very clear. No, it's, it's, I don't care what he said. I, to be forward with you, if he wants to be in someone's wedding and he's hanging out with somebody and he goes, hey, sweetheart, you want to go play some strip poker or whatever? <laughs> I've said terrible, cheesy things trying to pick up chicks before. It's fine. And, and I failed and I've succeeded and whatever. If he wants to go pick up some 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 woman someplace and use some cheesy line, fine. I don't care whatever he wants to do. But hey, I'm the governor and I'm cool. Whatever. I don't care. That That's fine. If she gets offended by that, as long as she's just somebody at a bar or a club or a wedding or whatever, so what? She can tell him to go take a hike or she can go play strip poker, strip, strip poker if she wants to. I don't care. Whatever's her thing. My issue is he said it to staff. That's a problem. And the reason why it's a problem is it's a power dynamic, right? If he's hanging out and trying to pick somebody up in a club or a bar, there's no power dynamic. The woman tells him to go take a hike or she likes him and she goes out and hangs out. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever. You can be offended. I don't care if you're offended. I don't care if women are offended. That's the piece I want to make sure we're clear on. I don't care if they're offended. I care if there was a power dynamic and they felt that if they didn't do what he said, they either couldn't get promoted or would lose their job or would be blacklisted in the government or any of those things. And I believe that that might have been true. That is my concern. When it comes to the third person, she didn't work for him. I don't have a problem with him saying stuff. I don't have a problem with saying, hey, you want to kiss me? I don't care. My problem is he touched her. Yeah, that was the creepiest part of yes. it was the hands on the face. That's yeah. correct. If, if some guy wants to walk up and say, hey, baby, give me a kiss, tell him to go take a hike. I don't. That's not a crime. That's some guy being a jerk. Move on. But if he touches you, I got a problem with that, right? That's the problem. The touchy part for number three bothers me. And for numbers one and two, you know, you can go pick up chicks if you want to, man. You're the governor. I'm sure, you know, you can do what you can get women. Why are you hitting on your staff? So that's I, the wrong spot. And the next thing I'll go to is Spitzer. 
Right. Spitzer got in trouble too, but Spitzer was better. He paid a Hookers. woman. There was yeah. there was consent. She was like, he was like, hey, can you come to New York and do these funky things? She was like, yeah, that's going to cost you X dollars. I guess he did his credit card or whatever he did, and life is good. So Spitzer's better than Cuomo. To look at the, the Cuomo cases, so this is interesting. You and I are in agreement this is the wrong thing for him to go down for. Agreed. So now let's just kind of look at the, uh, the the sexual harassment claims. So, okay, it's easy to, I agree with you that you should not do these things and it's creepy. All three cases, creepy, right? Yeah. I do, however, think that unless there's a really implied threat of you cannot have this job, like this this job, it is not that dissimilar to me than when a boss is just being a fucking dick. Like if a boss screams at you, hey, fuck you, fuck face, go out there and get me my fucking coffee or throws papers in your, whatever, whatever abusive bullshit that your boss does, which sucks and you have to deal with, um, I do, and it, this is where it kind of comes, you know, court of public opinion, court not, I'm a bigger fan of, you know what, that doesn't need to be in the newspaper. The guy's a jerk off and you should probably go find a different job or make demands. Oh, I like I just- there are cultural issues that I think we have to accept to be true, right? Is it, if you're a woman, there are simply cultural issues that you deal with, that you are often less than in people's eyes. You are often objectified, right? And Chris, not Chris Rock, I'm such a goddamn racist, I said Chris Rock. Um, no, I met Dave Chappelle. I, I shouldn't even say that. But yeah, Dave Chappelle, uh, he told a story once. I'm one of his is talking about this issue. He said he was doing a uh, a um a job, um a gig for some guys who were big drug dealers. At the end of it, they gave him cash, twenty grand. He put twenty grand in his pocket, cash in his backpack, and got in the subway and went home. And as in the subway or whatever it was the train, he's like scared. He's like, my God, I got twenty grand in my freaking bag. Like I'm a target. Like oh my God, I'm a target. Somebody could grab me and take my twenty grand, beat me up, kill me for twenty grand. And he said, I can't imagine being a woman who has, you know, her own goodies that men would beat her and kill her to take. Now, I'm not saying that every woman feels the way. I'm not. I'm just saying it's different. And there are cultural issues that women do deal with. So when some guy says to you, Robbie, hey, asshole, get my coffee. He just doesn't like you. It's a power dynamic that you go and you can look right back at him and go, boss, hey, I have an idea. Go fuck yourself. You can do that. Women don't do that. Our culture don't do it. Women take it. And it's not, it's it's cultural, what they do. And also what they feel is, if they don't, you, if I tell you, go take a, if I tell you to go get my goddamn coffee, you might often punch me. We might have a fist fight. And you're not going to be afraid of that. Neither am I. That's what men do. Is a woman going to? No. She has no defense. She has no defense against this at all. So it is a different emotion, a different feeling, different culturally. It isn't the same. And not just that. When I say I'll get my fucking coffee, I'm not saying, hey, Robbie, let's go behind the area and let me do you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying play strip poker with me. I'm not trying to take away your masculinity or your power. I'm just calling you a name because I'm pissed off. But when the guy says to her, hey, let's go play strip poker, when he would never say it to me or you, he wouldn't say that to you or me. But he'll say it to her. And she knows why he's saying it to her. Because he can. Because he objectifies her. He doesn't objectify you or me. He respects me or you or he doesn't. One of those two. And he pushes boundaries on creating a hierarchy on me or you. He might. 
but he's objectifying her and she knows it. It's making her less than. It's a different environment. So now if I tell you, get my goddamn coffee and you rush off and you come back and I go, wow, well done, man. You and I are good now. But if I say play strip poker with me and she says no, that may be the end. In fact, I'll go the opposite. I say, Robbie, give me my goddamn coffee. You go, hey, Larry, go fuck yourself. And I go, what? What's wrong with you? And we fight back and forth. You know that you and I might have respect for each other. And that might be a good relationship with us right after that. That might happen. That happens with men all the time. It's not going to happen with a woman. It's not how that works. It's a different environment for them. It just is. I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm just saying it is different. And because of that, they have a different dynamic, a different world, different emotion. It's not what they do. So we do have to look at it differently when it is that way. As unfair as that seems, culture has made it unfair for us. And that's simply how it is. So in your estimation, the uh, the either one of those incidents, let's say they were just standalone, like you only read one without the other. Would you think that that's flagrant enough to... No, you know, not at all. I think a pattern's critical. Anyone can make a mistake. Anyone can make a mistake. And I am all... I hate zero tolerance culture. I hate cancel culture. It is nothing but bad for us. It's not the right answer. The idea that Biden says, if you're mean to somebody or disrespectful, you're fired. No questions asked. How stupid is no questions asked? I want all the questions asked. <laughs> I don't want no questions. I want them all asked, right? right. I, I, they're so concerned about firing the person who you know did the offense or punishing the offender. I want to make an environment where people don't offend. I'm worried about the, the overall, if, if it's one time, say Cuomo said something like, hey, sweetheart, you want to play strip poker or something? And then she went, oh my God, I can't believe you said it to me. And then he's like, oh my God, I am, I, you know what? I don't know where the hell my head was. I'm sorry, I should have done that. Wow, way out of line. I should not have done that. I was feeling kind of crappy because I got you know rejected by my girlfriend last night or whatever, but I'm so sorry about that. I should never done that. I'm sorry. That's not, in my view, that's not fireable. People disagree with me. They think one time's enough. One is all that matters. I completely disagree because if it's one time and done, no one learns. Nothing gets better. And not just that, because it can be one and done, the woman doesn't report it because she knows the damage that it does. Now, why do you go work for someone like Cuomo? Generally speaking, because you believe in him or his cause or his party. So you want him to be great. Do you want to be the person? who says, that guy harassed me, knowing you may take him down, it goes against what you're trying to achieve. So literally zero tolerance policy ensures she doesn't say anything. That's what it does until a year later, two years, or she quits. It ensures she doesn't. In, instead of having an environment where someone goes, you shouldn't have said that. And then you have a conversation. And then the, and then the idiot actually learns he can't get away with it. And that's the most important thing. He learns he can't get away with it. Now, do I think this next part, personality matters. If somebody said, Larry Sharp, you have, you know, harassed all these women. I would hope my personality would not make you think, yeah, that's Larry. Oh my God, that guy's a harasser. I would hope you wouldn't say that. You might still believe it, but I would hope it wouldn't be an automatic, you know, conviction. The problem with someone like Cuomo with his personality, to your point, public, the, the court of public opinion, automatic conviction. He is a jerk. He was a jerk before this. People but hated him before this. Doesn't that make it somewhat then his personality is to be a jerk? And so maybe to him, it's not yes. It's not so sexual. It just it's kind unfair. of flows. 
it kind of just flows with his personality, in yep. which case the sexual harassment claim, which to me it is very bold and in the court of public opinion is like an automatic, super yep. flagrant, like, no, it, it, where it, to me, like there needs to be some nuance, which is why this thing of sexual harassment I, to me needs to be more of a legal pursuit with kind of clear. I agree. I, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying what's happening. I'm also saying it's unfair. Yeah. It's also unfair, right? You shouldn't. I mean, in theory, legally, you're not supposed to hold someone's past conviction against them, right? So when you come into say you get you, say you're charged with you know manslaughter, and you were convicted before of manslaughter, when you go into court, they're not allowed to bring that past conviction in to tell the jury. You met, you had man, you, you, you were the manslaughter before. Why? Because your previous doesn't mean you'll do it again. It's not required. Even the law says that. You know, it's so funny I'm agreeing it's, with you. You are, that, you're right. It shouldn't matter that he's a jerk. It's funny because in the manslaughter case, it, I actually get why that's relevant because someone who committed manslaughter, it like the statistics of going from never committing manslaughter to manslaughter versus doing it twice is probably, you know, the odds of someone doing manslaughter twice are probably a thousand times greater than a random person committing manslaughter. So in that case, it's not totally irrelevant. Um, all right. So no, the other thing, yeah, let's say it wasn't that let's say instead you got convicted prior to say, I don't know, um, larceny, right? Larceny. Now they still can't bring that up because the jury will go, Oh, he's a robber. He's probably a killer. Right, they'll do that, and it's because right. it's you can't do it. So I'm agreeing with you. We shouldn't uh, hang Cuomo because he's a jerk. We shouldn't. I'm just saying we do. It's it's cultural and unfair. I'm I've said more than once. There's no doubt I want Cuomo to go. No one has fought harder. Well, not no one, but very. It's hard to find a libertarian who's fought harder against Cuomo than I have. Right, I've spent more time, energy, and money than any libertarian I know trying to get rid of Cuomo. And he still deserves due process. He still deserves a full investigation because it's not about believe women. It's about respect women. And there's a difference. Women are just human beings. And human beings sometimes lie, can be bribed, can misunderstand things as possible. To be honest and, and be forward, most of the time when women say something's happened, it's true and it's happened. That's most of the time. But not always. And we should investigate, respect the women for coming forward, give them support for coming forward and have a real investigation and see if it's real or not. It might not be. There's a chance that this is just a plot to get rid of Cuomo. It could be true. And because he's a jerk, they figured we'd all buy it, which is also true. So let's do an investigation and see if it's real. Is it really harassment or is it somebody angry that he said something that they took out of context? I don't know. Right. And then. I guess just one more qualifier that I'll put on, and maybe I think you're going to object to this, and this might be my own no cruelty. I'm a, I'm very uncomfortable in general as as a person. You're also a sales guy, and I find yep. part of getting through life and becoming successful is starting to learn how to manage your mood and overcome these obstacles. Yep. Um, and so in that regard, you feeling uncomfortable is not necessarily someone else's crime, mm -hmm. as much as a indicator that there, and this is not saying the victim is the fault. If there's a crime, if someone sexually harasses you where every day you're showing up to work and you feel like, oh my God, I only have this job because I have to take this abuse. I, I male, female, it doesn't matter. It's up to you to now go find like, a, you know, another job or call out your boss for being a jerk 
or you got to, and by the way, I'm not that good at that. I'm more of the person who just takes it. And then you got to deal with like kind of the lower self-esteem that comes with just being the person who takes that, but it still is somewhat on you for, for not standing up for yourself. That's a fault in yourself. And so the fact that somebody else may be took advantage of you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, to me, no, you I, feeling I, I uncomfortable is not a crime. And, and I think there are a couple levels to this, which I think our culture has gone too far to where why you feel that way. It used to be, and I know I teach this, right? I'm a corporate trainer. I used to teach this. It used to be that harassment had to be two things. And I was okay with this definition. It has changed recently. One, it had to be known that it was unwanted. And two, it had to be more than once. Which to me is fair. Which right? means that you get basically one warning of the person saying, hey, we got a professional relationship here and I don't want that. And now it's been classified as being unwanted. Correct. And then after that, but I, I to the woman's favor, I'd put the qualifier on that. Well, I guess it can be established as being unwanted if even in that moment they say no and then you continue to proceed. Now it's already been established as being clearly unwanted. But then by that standard, the Cuomo thing where he thinks he's throwing out, oh, maybe she's interested until you find out, which it does give people a pass to, I guess, make one 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 creepy approach at work. Yeah, but it does. But the, the, the point being, right, people are humans. People meet each other at work and then they want to date each other. That happens. You can't stop that, right? Someone's going to think somebody else is attractive or hot or funny or sexy or whatever that turns them on. And they're going to try to ask them out or do something that's going to happen. So now we've changed it. Now the rule is one time and you're out. And it's gone too far, which is why you're saying what you're saying. And with that, I agree. I think one time and you're out is completely wrong, a terrible idea. It makes things horrible. Now what you're finding is small businesses will not hire women. That's, oh, they're that's what's happening. Because if there's a single complaint, they They're can't finished. even do due diligence and they have to fire somebody. Yes. So because it's not a... Oh, no, no, no. Not, not only can they fire somebody, but they get sued. Right. And, and so it's a liability. Finished. It's a They're liability. Done. Yes. Yeah. So small businesses are now saying, I'm not hiring a woman. Now, there has been... The market will love this. There has been a, 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 a positive sign to that, which is a whole lot more women entrepreneurs. Oh, interesting. So there has been, a particularly women of color, massive increase... In, in entrepreneurs because, and I'm going to say this, but, and I'm, I'm saying what the small business market sees. I'm not saying what I believe. A lot of the small business market sees a woman of color as a lawsuit right, waiting, waiting to happen. So they get afraid and they don't want to hire. So what are women doing now? Women of color starting on businesses. That has been the, the backlash. Now, am I happy that there's more female entrepreneurs? I am. Am I happy for the reason? No, that's a terrible reason for that to happen. I don't like that. But the problem is it isn't that the individual small business owner is racist or sexist. That's not it. They're afraid because they know the government's going to hammer them. They're going to go to court to pay $50,000 and they can't pay their rent. They're done. One case and their business is closed. And advisors will tell them, don't you dare hire a woman of color. Literally tell them to their face, don't you dare do it. Don't you do it. No. Because you're going to be finished. One, and and I know that's totally wrong and horrible. I'm saying that's a backlash. All right. right? So I, um, but my, I, but let me just go to one yeah. little bit back to it. I'm agreeing with you that on that, on that issue. However, again, I'll say it again. 
if if a, if a male is doing that in a power dynamic issue is the key. For example, say I'm in the mail room. I'm in the mail room. And I think the vice president of sales is hot. So I come out of the mail room and I'm making like, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour, whatever's the, whatever's the thing right now. She's making six figures a year. And I say, hey, Jessica, want to play strip poker? Is that harassment? Sadly, today it is. And it shouldn't be. There is no power dynamic. She can fire me. I don't have any control over her. She can say, hey, hey, Sharp, back in the mailroom, idiot, get away from me. Done. In my personal opinion, that's not harassment. I was bigger than my britches and thought I could date the vice president because I thought I was cool. Clearly, I was not. And she turns me away, robust me, says, go back into the mailroom. In my view, my opinion, that's not harassment. It's no power dynamic. I don't control also, her. It's Nothing. because th there was no threat there that you didn't do anything violent and there was Absolutely. no threat for her job. And it's as simple as she can tell you, hey, that's inappropriate. And if you do it again, I'll fire you. And then if yep. you do it again, you're fired. So yes. it's it's kind of easily rectified. All right. So and that's how the laws used to be. We have changed our laws in states like New York and California and New York City in particular to make it to where hiring people is a problem. So I'm going to throw this qualifier in that um, usually it's myself talking to other comics. And so we don't have to take all that much accountability for what we're putting forward. So I'm going to put the qualifier. This is me exploring my thoughts on this out loud. I'm not saying that I have policy or a clear picture when it comes to um, what should or should not be sexual harassment. And obviously women should be able to work and feel comfortable in a work spot. Sure. I think more what we're talking to, at least or what I'm trying to have the conversation on is really the philosophy on what we view as being the court of public opinion, mm. um, dealing with issues versus kind of having clear cut laws. Um, and so just the next, unless you had anything last on there, cause I don't, I don't want you run to governor. You're about to take down Cuomo and they play you on the Robbie, the fire podcast. Uh, no, 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 I'm, being... I'm not, I am not okay. unhappy with anything I said. I said what I, what I think is true in my own mind. I didn't say what the law was, you know, when it comes to that, I, I gave my opinion on what I think it should be. And I stand by it. Right. I, I don't mind at all. I stand by what, and I didn't say that I think you shouldn't hire women of color. I do. Right. I, I don't think you I, I'm telling you what the small business market is perpetuating, the fear that's coming out because of this. And I think it would be better if we just went back to the old ways of more than once and let the guy know you're not interested. Right. Fine. They also they somewhat ruined their story. I don't know if you saw a New York Post put out that um like they were trying to say that Cuomo was being creepy over this like sausage eating thing where he's sitting in front of his own daughter. And that's just a guy with not the world's greatest sense of humor. There's nothing sexual harassment about that incident. And then you start looking and you're like, all right, well, these other ones, are they also just kind of putting forward something that's not that big of a deal and they're making a news story out of? Um, but that that's the problem with the court of a public opinion is, are you highlighting non-issues that maybe someone wasn't even that offended by in the t at that moment, but now they're looking for a news story and so they're kind of dressing it up. Well, I think um, you have a valid point, and that's one of the reasons why he said, I do this all the time. That's why he said that. <laughs> he said, I hug men, women, I kiss men, women, it's what I do. My father did it. He said that because he wants you, exactly to your point. He's like, I'm not harassing anybody. I, then I harass everybody. Then how's that harassment right. then? That's his whole point. He's like, I'm just an old Italian guy, and we're creeps, and I get that that's why you know 20-year-olds would be weirded out by me.
So there was a New Jersey article the other week. We already started getting into um, state budget issues a little bit. Yep. Uh, New York, I know they pull this great scam amongst, all right. Some of the scams I know exist are one. I think sometimes they assume that there's going to be like 8% growth on an investments and that doesn't yep. exist anywhere. Those bond rates don't exist. The other one is they like liabilities, like pension liabilities. A lot of that stuff that's coming due is just not on the books as expenses. Yep. Absolutely. And then the big one in New York, I know is every year they run like whatever the deficit is and they just kind of roll it over to the next year in a way that doesn't even make sense. Like I can't yeah. even explain to you the what, logic. What they do is they, they allow for a higher, a higher amount of, of debt. So they say, well, we can borrow. So if we borrow, we can pay for it. Therefore it's not a deficit. Right. So servicing the debt isn't part of a deficit. If that makes any sense because you're not delinquent on servicing the debt. Therefore it's not, uh, it's the budget's balanced. That's the, that's BS, but that's how they say it. <laughs> it doesn't even, even when you say it's about like, I don't even get what the spin is. Like it just sounds the spin like is this. Look, yeah. here's, a, here's a spin. All right. Um, I have a balance on my credit card of $5,000 and I have to pay a minimum balance. I have to pay a minimum payment of 500 bucks every month. Can I pay the 500 bucks? I can no deficit. Okay. So what do I do? I just, when I have a deficit of $10,000, I simply borrow another $11,000. Then $1,000 is paid to pay that debt, to service the debt. No deficit. It's confusing. All right. Yes. This is because, this is because I'm not behind on my bills. Right. I have more debt, but I'm not behind on my bills. Therefore, no deficit. It's total BS, but that's how they spin it. If I can service my debt, then I'm not behind. Our debt now in New York State's about $400 billion. Debt. Yes. Debt. About 400 billion. Depends on how you classify it with our with our unfunded mandates and such. Who knows? With our liabilities that we have, who knows? But it's That's about Russia's GDP. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I want to be clear on something. I want to be clear on something. Florida has more people than we have in New York State. More people. They have half our budget and they have no state income tax. And in a remarkable move of lack of professionalism, I had to take a bath and break at this juncture, which means it's a good uh, opportunity for me to cut back in here and, yeah, plug some sponsors, keep the show running, try and get the shed reopened with, um, you know, supplies that will uh, give us Internet and, you know, Corona proof us. So who are the sponsors? Well, it's everyone I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But I'm going to mention them again because maybe when you heard them at the beginning of the show, you didn't instantly open up your wallet and treat yourself to these incredible items. What are the incredible items? Coffee. Every single morning, you're waking up, you're drinking coffee. So just go pick it up for Run Your Mouth Coffee. They're good people. They podcast themselves. They're uh, supporting free speech podcasts like this. And so, and by the way, their coffee's really good. I made it earlier in the week. I've got their, because they got some uh, exotic flavors. The one I got was the bourbon flavored, but I've got two other products to plug and I got to get back into this interview with Larry Sharp. So just right now, go to their website, Run Your Mouth Coffee. You can Google that. Uh, you type in the promo code FIRE, you get 10% off, then they know that we sent you there. They continue to support the podcast. And then look, it's just a love fest all around. What's the other one? Sheath underwear. What's the promo code? RYM, 20% off. It, it, how do you not have sheath anymore? They're like one of our longest running sponsors other than the next one I'm going to plug. Just go pick up a couple pairs. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off. It's good underwear. When I see you at a live gig, we can compare how our packages look by, since we've started wearing it. We can show each other dick pics. We can have 
have a good time. But that's only if you're wearing um, sheath underwear. If you try and show me your package and you're not wearing sheath underwear, I will press charges. That, that, that's why I'm putting it out here right now. You're wearing sheath underwear, you can show me your package all day. I'll give you some tips. We can compare notes. We can show each other dick pics. We can have a nice time. We can hang out like that. You're not wearing it. That's, a, that's exclusive offer for sheath wearers. And then last but not least... Go load up. Yo, Kratom. If you're currently a fan of Kratom, they're one of the best sponsors of uh, comedy out there. And, uh, dude, 60 bucks. You can get yourself a whole kilo. Even if you're not into kilo, into Kratom, it's just fun to buy a kilo of something. When was the last time you bought anything as a kilo? It's like uh, out of uh, Super Troopers, Leader of Colo. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't even know what a kilo measurement is. Maybe I should go back to these people and tell them, like, you got to start selling it as pounds because no one knows what the fuck a kilo is. But it's still pretty cool. Sounds cool to buy a kilo of something. All right, that's it for our plugs. Now let's get back into uh, talking with Larry Sharp. So two-part question in regards to state debt, because there was a New Jersey article uh, that I think they, without any increases in taxes, they were like taking on $42 billion in new debt or some crazy figure like that. So it's a two-part question. One is, I'd love to hear, what are some of the other budget scams that these people are running to high debt? Um, and when do you think like, it's interesting because this year there was a lot of migration from states where it seemed like you were actually seeing... Um, these liberal areas get punished for the way that they govern and people were moving to areas such as Florida, um, Nashville, Texas, Texas and Arizona. Right. And so now I, I think we already talked about this, but it's tragic that these blue states are getting the bailout because um, we're not seeing that those government policies don't work. We're continuing this lie that the liberals have of, Hey, no, we can afford all I this. Disagree. Debt. I disagree. So, yes, please. I, I disagree completely. I think that we are showing it doesn't work. And while the money may be coming in, the people are leaving. New York State is going to lose two Congress people this year. Two. That's how bad. One congressperson is about 750,000 people. So we've lost over a million and a half since our last census. That's more population than half our states, right? A half is exaggeration, but a bunch of our states. Right. That, so we're, we lost that already. We've lost that much population. And it's and more are going away. So, no, I, I disagree. I think our budget keeps going up while our population keeps going down. That's basic math, higher taxes. And that spiral isn't going to change. So as that spiral keeps adding, more taxes, more people leave. More taxes, more people leave. And look at the answers they have. Nothing but more taxes, right? What are the scams they do? Let me touch two parts. One, I think the debt is coming, is coming home eventually. California, Illinois, and New York State specifically, Illinois is the worst of them all. I think Illinois goes under first. That's my way, gut. One of the things that's interesting about Illinois is there's like one dude who kept getting like basically the union scam is crazy where the unions essentially you and government give over benefits to the unions and then unions as a block vote and you know pay a shit ton of money for your campaign. Yep. It is the most transparent example of just, you know, government goods and services in uh, in exchange for votes. Yep. But the Illinois strike, because I remember I was reading about that. It's like one guy who's been in office for like the entire duration of this thing. I, I hope at one point it goes under and they do the movie about it and people learn. <laughs> because yes. it's, yeah. it's a rare, clear example of like, I think that there's been like one senator who's been there the whole time or whatever. I, I forget the guy's name, but it's one of the most transparent cases of um, union basically – 
union benefits that that bankrupted the state in exchange for funding this guy's campaign and keeping him in office. Yeah, and people don't seem to care, right? They just they're, they're kicking the can down the road, and they figure eventually, whatever whatever happens, happens. And and that's what you see happening in, in many of the of, of the blue states right now. And so many of the red states are becoming more purple. Now, one of the reasons why we become so blue, and I bring this up often, is heavily, it's been happening for many years, but heavily since 2008. Since the crash of 2008, there's really been no, there's really been no recovery outside of cities, right? No recovery. The recovery's only been in cities. Since 2008, 80% of all new jobs in America have come in 20 cities. That's all 80% of all new jobs. So people have been flocking to cities in urban areas, living near cities or in cities or in urban areas, right near, near cities. And so when you move into urban areas, you naturally become more left. Why? Because you're packed on top of each other, different cultures, different everything. People have been here for three weeks and we've been here for, for, for you know, 30 years. You don't communicate well. You beg for a referee, referee, government. So you ask for more and more. It's common. Now, with, with that happening over the past 10 years, you find the country going more and more left, more and more blue. It's been happening. They're everywhere, right? But here's the other issue. With COVID lockdown, people have been leaving cities. So now they're going to more rural areas, more suburban areas. It might start making a pendulum swing back. Oh, it's possible. So the fear that all these blue people are going to basically make Texas blue or go to these areas and vote blue, it might actually be that when you're – there's something about the culture of cities Correct. that's kind of in, in great in, – in, making these people kind of live a blue lifestyle and take on those ideas. But perhaps if they are out in the, the burbs hanging out with Christian conservatives, they might get influenced in that way. Absolutely. See, people would say, Larry, that's not true. All the people going to Texas are making it blue. No, because they're going from San Francisco to Austin. That's the, they're going city to city. Right. But when you go from city to country or city to rural, you begin to make a change. So it might happen. I don't know, but the odds are you'll see some people start shifting more towards the right more towards the center. I think you'll see some of that. It's already happening now. The COVID lockdowns have made a lot more people move towards the right. You saw in the last election, you see it in minorities, you see people moving more towards the right. You do see that starting to kind of, you know, do that. You also start, um, you also start seeing um, as we move out to rural areas, there's a chance for a renaissance in those areas and cities aren't going to come back to where they were. There's going to be a change in urban lifestyle. That's going to happen in the coming years. So- uh you talked about ways that they hide money. One of the most important ways they hide money is through assumptions. So they go, well, um, I believe the federal government is going to give us $15 billion. So I can spend count 15. That. Yeah. Done. I count it. Um, or I say, well, we do unfunded mandates. Well, I know we have to pay another, whatever, uh, $10 billion in Medicaid. I'll just put that as a bill to my counties. Done. The counties don't pay. Oh, now we're screwed. Deficit. But but they don't care about the deficit. It's just about allocating it to somewhere. Correct. So it, you can like, in other words, they could go like Cuomo could be sitting down. I, let's just pretend I was in New York and go apartment 1C of this building can handle these $3 billion that we got to pay for the whatever. And now it's been allocated that someone's <laughs> going to pay for it. At yes. the end of the year, when I can't come up with the three billion dollars to pay for our health care it doesn't matter he just when he needs to sit down is go oh yeah yeah that guy in one c he got it i balanced the budget see <laughs> literally cuomo has said he's balanced 10 budgets in a row yet we have a deficit <laughs> and debt how is that possible how right. is that possible because that he's 
He's allocated it to Rob Bernstein in one C. I hope people I do. don't know my actual building number because that is my unit. Well, no, but Rob <laughs> is a heavy hitter. He could probably cover like two billion out of that. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep you for 10 more minutes. And uh, sometimes I find, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but sometimes like the weirder topics in the news that I'm interested in, but don't have the time to research. Somehow you seem to have the time to research and just have a handle on these things. I have a team that is constantly feeding me info. That's the reality. Really? Wish- yes. My oh team- man, that's what I need. Info. I mean, constantly. I get I get texts, emails. I got a text w- during this about something. I get texts and emails. There's no way I could know all these things. So my team will look and, and decide something's important. Then they'll send me stuff for me to look at, read, videos to watch, that kind of stuff. So yeah, th- there's no way I could do Okay. Myself. So this has been in the news now for two weeks, and I've not clicked on one. Because I get, I get more interested in U.S. politics and specifically the financial stuff. That's what excites me. I've not clicked on a single article about the um, protest or the situation of my Myanmar, Myanmar. I don't even know how it's Myan- pronounced. Myanmar. 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 It used to be Burma. It is now Myanmar. Can you give me the the short on what the hell is going on over there? Because I've not followed this story one bit. Yeah, it, it, I'll give you a brief history. Myanmar used to be a British colony. It was called Burma. Um, the British left and did what they always do, with the exception of maybe India. But what they usually do is they said, we're out and we've taught you how to be a brutal dictator. So we're going to leave and put in place one of your own who will be a brutal dictator. So they just left. And that's kind of what happened in Myanmar. I mean, Burma became Myanmar. Um, it moved its capital um, from Rangoon to another co- another place. I forgot the name of their capital now, but it used to be Rangoon. They moved it someplace else and they were supposed to have a democracy and they didn't. They had a military junta, a, a military junta and c- controlled their country for many years. And then uh, a woman, I'm going to get her name wrong. Su- An, An, An San Su Ki, I think is her name, if I pronounced it correctly. Uh, she was like a freedom fighter. She wanted democracy and that kind of thing. And she was under house arrest for 15 years. And the reason why the military didn't kill her is because she is almost worshipped in her in her country. And if they would have killed her, she would have been a martyr. So uh, the, the military kept it in charge for 15 years and finally said, this is getting a little bit hairy. Let's see if we can let her negotiate with her. She knows we mean business. Well, we'll let her go and, 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 and take power again. So they did. And this is about, I don't know, five or six years ago. I forgot exactly how much. So it became a democracy in theory. It was democracy with the government looking over her shoulder. So she was trying to run things the best she could. And the problem is in the southwest part of Myanmar, it it borders Bangladesh. Bangladesh is a Muslim country. And there are a lot of people who leave that area. The, the, the river there uh, near Dhaka uh, is a delta. And that overfloods constantly, all kind of problems, terrible problems in Bangladesh. And you have refugees. People flood over the border. Happens all the time. Well, the military doesn't like refugees, particularly these damn Muslims. They don't like Muslims because they're, they're not us. So the military literally goes by and murders them, literally Jeez. just murders them. Goes in, machine guns them, flamethrower, burn the stuff down. Horrible, horrible stuff. Now, Suki said how bad it was initially. But then when she was in charge, she realized, I should shut my mouth. I'm not saying anything. And she backed the military. And when she did that, the world went, oh, look at you, you sell out. And she lost a lot of credibility by saying nothing. And then the name of the, the Muslim people are the Rohingya. I think that's the right name. I may be pronouncing it correctly, but I think it's the Rohingya. These are, these are a group of Muslims who are in southwestern uh, Burma. So the military is literally bombing them, burning them out, machine gunning them. Every, horrible thing you can imagine. And she's silent. 
So while she's silent, she's trying to build a majority in her country and she wins. She wins 80% of the seats in parliament, but she's not a tactician. She's just an activist. So she didn't do the smart thing like people like Erdogan in, in Turkey do. Erdogan, before he takes over, he makes sure all of his people are in charge in key positions. She didn't do that. She just won and said, see, now I can do what I want. The military said, oh, no, 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 no. You're now too popular. You you might stop us doing what we want. And they literally just arrested everybody and put her in jail and said, it's a fake election. And they took over the country. So it's a military coup. It's a military coup. It's all it is, military coup. The military was waiting for it in case it got bad. She was super popular. They put her back under house arrest. She's like so is 70, the uh is the like now something and the now leader the now leader of that military coup is it one of the generals or is it, it is. one of the, yeah interesting yeah, one of the generals he said it's for a year yeah, he's well. he's hoping until he can that, find a good dictator to work with and bingo yeah. until he can find until the Suki people either die off or leave or have accidents I'm doing air quotes until right. they have accidents and you know that happens he has to make sure she does not her death has to seem natural. Or literally, the country might explode. They like love her. Like the country might explode. So they need to make sure that whatever happens to her is natural, and they can then they'll then say she was their hero, right? They'll do that kind of thing, right? So they'll do that, and that's that's the hope uh, right. for them. Next, next random topic was, uh, and this was in the news. I think it was this past week that John Durham resigned. Um, and what's interesting about that, and I might have this wrong, but I believe he was the one leading the investigation into uh, what happened that Trump was investigated for Russia collusion. And that's been one of the things that has been kind of on the table is as to whether or not um, those investigations would be allowed to continue because the Republicans were pushing for that after um, the whole Mueller thing fell apart was kind of investigating whether or not there was basically a deep state attempt to unseat Donald Trump by claiming Russia collusion. And from what I understand, Durham was in was the one leading that, and now he and now he's resigned. Now I might I might just not have this right, but yeah. I was surprised that there wasn't more. If that is true, I'm surprised there wasn't more outrage over it. I don't think anybody cares about that stuff anymore. Yeah, that's I don't the problem think it's, with no one yeah. cares anymore, right? It's, they should. They don't care anymore. So he can resign because he's probably not going to get any money or funding, and no one's going to care. I would resign too. Nobody cares, right? It's done. Now, the new thing now is, uh, you know, uh, Biden versus Trump. Is Trump going to come back and beat everybody up and take the House and Senate back in 2022? But that, did, do I have issue. that right? Do I have that right that Durham was in charge? Or do I you... actually don't remember. I, yeah, I don't okay. care either. So I don't remember. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Yeah. And then so I don't remember. Last question, not news related. Um, I, I know you're, uh, you're a career sales guy, as am, as am I. You're insulting me now, aren't you? Go ahead. I'm kidding, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Kidding. Is that is that that's I'm not totally a, teasing you. I don't I'm think totally that's a diss at all. No, um, totally I find teasing. I do I do fine in sales. It's not my passion. I hope not to do it forever. It's just I, I've ended up in it. Also, does not fit my natural disposition. As I'm not like I'm not an optimist, can do attitude. I'm also not like uh, high self esteem, and I'm definitely not good at um uh what shit. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm not good at like uh man. I'm not. Fuck the, the word is eluding me right now. But anyways, I find sometimes at work and I'm wondering if maybe you have a solution for me that I have to let things go to a point where I've earned the right to be a jerk. Like, for example, letting someone fall enough behind on a payment that I can finally call them up and go, hey, what the fuck is going on here? 
And now, you know, in sales, there's an aspect of urgency. That's part of what can convince people to do something. You hear all it's, hey, limited time off. You got to call in this week. That is an aspect of sales is creating urgency. And sometimes like people, things go far enough where well, there is the case, urgency. You're saying some, you're trying to do collections at this point? No, no, it's not just collections. I'm finding I have a lot of interactions with people where since I'm easygoing, I let it get to the point where I then have to be a jerk. And then once I'm a jerk, you know, people realize like, oh shit, I'm being called out for this. Yeah. But yeah, I almost just want to preemptive it where it's like, why am I waiting three weeks to turn into a hard ass and yeah. living through all this stress when people only respond to, you know what I'm saying? It's not my no, personality no, to be a and, hard and ass. And I want to be very clear yeah. on something. And people tease me of this all the time, but people who know, who work with me know assertive. what I'm talking about. Oh, wait, that was the word I was looking for. I'm not great at being assertive. And what I'm saying is you want to look at Gandhi. I'm not joking. Look at Gandhi. Got people assume that being weak and being nice are the same and that being strong and being a jerk are the same. They're not. You can be nice and be strong. You can be weak and be a jerk. Gandhi was the, was the epitome of being, you know, strong and I'm sorry, we are uh, strong and nice. You can do both. So now say it's a week into my, uh, into my uh, customers who's going to write me a check. The, one of the best ways of handling that is not with anger, but with either confusion or disappointment. So now I call you, Robbie, and you haven't done your check you're supposed to give me this week. And I don't want to wait three weeks to get mad at you. So instead I go, Rob, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. You told me you're going to pay me this week. What happened, man? And then you come up with whatever BS excuse you have, which I know is BS, and you and I both know is BS. So all I do is I repeat it again. I get it, man. Your dog got rabies. I'm with you. It's terrible. I hate, I hate when that happens. You told me you're going to pay him this week, man. What happened? Well, also, my mom got sick and got COVID. I get, oh, your mom got COVID. It's terrible. You told me you're going to pay me this week, Robbie. What happened? You see what I just did? Yeah. I was nice and polite, but I basically just said, where's my money, Rob? <laughs> That's what I said. Right. But I said it nice, really nice. But I said, where's my money, Rob? Where's my money? That's what I said, but nicely. You can be nice and be strong. And that's the issue. The way you do that in your head is by looking down the road. You don't want to win every battle. You want to win, you want to win the war. So I can lose any individual interaction with you, but I'm going to win the war. And you're going to have to give me some kind of commitment to where my money's coming in. Something. And I'm going to call you then and I'm going to ask you again. You told me this. Rob, now I'm getting scared, man. This is my second time. You told me you're going to give me some money. You didn't do it. What happened? Oh, no, no, no. You told me you want to give me money. What happened? I'm disappointed here. You mad at me? I do something wrong? Robbie, what I do wrong? What I do wrong? You told me. I mean, do we have an integrity problem here? Changes everything. Right. I find, uh, I guess, other than collections, I'd have to come up with some specific examples, but I, I guess... There's just something funny to me where it's like, it's basically three strikes and you're out where you're nice, nice, nice. And then you're like, what the fuck? And then once you get to what the fuck, people just go, oh yeah, you're right. And then now I'm just starting like, well, how do I just cut that off? How do maybe I just go right to what the fuck or right up yes, front? Yes, just nicely. <laughs> yes, but nicely. The reason yeah. why they don't get upset with the what the fuck at the end is they, know, they know, yeah, they know you've been dragging you out for three weeks or whatever it is. But if you said that up front, now they're mad at you. So I'm saying don't do the what the F up front. Up front, just be more forward and keep asking for some form of commitment up front. This way, by the time the second time comes, you can be a bit more aggressive and they're going to get it. 
Right. So it's funny because this is almost similar to before. We're describing the same thing where it's like you build your chess pieces towards winning your right to be a dick because they violated their earlier commitments. So now you get to ramp up. And I'm more asking. Always want to fight from the high ground. Always fight from the moral high ground. Right. But I'm more just like thinking, how do I not build these things? And maybe it's like if you're just absurd of a front, you don't have to build the chess pieces to sit back and wait. What what I'll give you is, right, you – in a sales environment, a little bit off topic, but in a sales environment, yeah. when you initially talk to a sales rep, our culture says you can lie to a sales rep. Yeah. So you can be an honest person. Doesn't matter. You can lie to a sales rep. Our culture says so. It's unfair and wrong, but we do it, right? You, you're you in a store and you're looking for a blue shirt and the, and the person comes up and says, can I help you? You go, just browsing. You're lying. Looking for a blue shirt, not browsing. You're looking for a blue shirt. And we do it all the time. It's common. So when you first begin the relationship, they have no reason to trust you. Whatever they say means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But once you have any form of relationship to where they now, oh, Robbie, how you doing? Whatever that case may be. At that point, it's critical that you get commitments from your prospects. Whatever the commitment might be, it doesn't matter. Small is fine. Any small commitments will eventually equal large commitments. So you just start with small commitments. So when can we talk? When's the next phone call? Whatever. I don't know how your sales process works, but whatever that is. Or can we walk down this aisle, right? Whatever you do, you make the small commitment. And once they start committing to you, then they have trouble not, you know, not doing it. Because so you, you got past that convention of, uh, hey, I can lie to a sales guy because now there's a relationship. Correct. Exactly right. Once you are humanized, salespeople by default are dehumanized. Once you're humanized, it becomes harder. It's a whole lot harder to lie or disrespect a human being. It's way easier to do that to a sales rep. Some sales rep, some company. <laughs> Who cares? There you go. Thank you for all the uh, political information and sales knowledge. And uh, before I let you go, uh, I, I know you got some plugs in places that people can follow Always you. check out the Sharp Ways, the coolest show that has Sharp in the name. There you there go. There is not one show cooler that has Sharp in the name. It is the only one. It's the number one tip-top coolest show like that. The Sharp Way, check it out on all the interwebs things, the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the whatever, YouTube. I'm on all of those things. I'm on every one of me, we, I'm on all of them. So check me out there. Or just Google Larry Sharp. I'm everywhere. And I had a blast. Sharp I, I, with an E, by the way. Sharp with I, an E. I think I did it about a month ago and I had an absolute blast doing it. And uh, it was fun because you just I got to be a comic and you just threw a thing. And I just said crazy things on your political show, which was fun. So hands uh, list can check out that episode. I know you do comedians every Friday and yep. you go live. Uh, what's it? When do you go live? Because people can actually I try to go live every every Monday through Friday, every day, 7 p.m. Eastern. There you go. All right. Thank you so much, Larry. Really appreciate it. Have a good one, brother.